Hello everybody and welcome to Garage Days at Gwinnett Tech. I am your host, Robert Bauman, the Program Director for the General Automotive Program here at Gwinnett Technical College. If you are a first-time listener, thanks for giving us a chance and hopefully this is a subject that you're interested in and you'll really enjoy listening to us. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for the continued support and hopefully this means that we have the hook set. As always, if you want to find out anything about Gwinnett Technical College, please visit our website at gwinnetttech.edu. We offer 140 different programs besides automotive, or as I like to tell people, if you have a taste, we have a flavor. This episode is called Relevancy in the Classroom, and in a nutshell, I'm going to discuss how it is we do what we do. How do we teach automotive, which is very technical and very complex, to a student base where a lot of our students have zero automotive experience and zero automotive knowledge. Automotive technology is a unique trade in the sense that there is a whole lot of theory that you have to understand. It's very technical, but it is also extremely hands-on. You have to be smart enough to understand the technology, and yet you have to have a certain amount of mechanical aptitude to be able to work on these cars and do it successfully. We as educators face a lot of different challenges teaching this material to students. There are some subjects that are harder to teach, such as electrical or engine performance, when you compare them to a subject like brakes or steering and suspension. And it boils down to sometimes what you can and cannot see. If we have a problem with a car, such as a brake pulsation or a vibration from the front end, you can physically show these students the tire is out of round or it's out of balance or the brake rotor is warped. But when you're trying to explain something like electrical or engine performance, where you have computers communicating across CAN networks, they can't see that. They can't see the voltage. They can't see the amperage. They can't see the resistance. It has a lot of numbers and it's boring to be honest with you. So we have to be able to take something like that and teach it in a way that keeps their attention and yet makes it somewhat exciting for them to understand. This new generation of students in front of us, well, they're a generation of students who are raised on technology. They're raised on phones and computers. They're also raised on a whole bunch of technology that some of us instructors, we had to learn as we went along. And so while that makes part of our job easy, it also presents a big challenge. Because if we don't teach them this material in a way that they're comfortable with, in a way that keeps their attention, they'll quickly lose attention, and then they won't learn, they get frustrated, and there's a possibility that they do not stay in this field. When I went to technical college, oh boy, 30 years ago now, our instructors were using a blackboard and chalk, and the most high-tech thing in our classroom was an overhead projector. Now, for those of you that don't remember what an overhead projector was, it was this big, boxy, bulky-looking thing, and it had light bulbs in it, and they pulled down a screen in front of the classroom, and they could put these clear slides over the projector, and they could draw on them with a grease pencil. I often thought our instructors back then had to be equally educated in automotive as well as art, because they did a lot of drawing to try to get us to understand things. We also had physical books for every class. And every exam that we did, and every quiz that we did, they were all written on paper. Every assignment that we had was done on paper. And I started teaching 11 years ago. 
I knew that I couldn't use everything that the instructors for me did because, you know, that was 20 years prior. So when I first started teaching, I was taught to use PowerPoints and I sat in the class and I watched the instructors. And basically what we did was put a PowerPoint up behind us and we talked about it, but it was a lot of talking. And quite honestly, it didn't really keep the students' attention. And they weren't doing as well on their quizzes and their assignments as we thought they would. So we said, well, what are we going to do? We kind of sat down and put our heads together and said, how are we going to make this technology and this automotive stuff jump into this new generation of students and keep them interested and keep them wanting to come back and also raise their understanding of this material? The very first thing we did was we went to an all-digital LMS. Well, what is an LMS? LMS stands for Learning Management System. And basically what it is, is everything is digital. Everything is done in the cloud. Everything can be done through any form of media. Their phones, tablets, PCs, laptops, all the quizzes, all the tests, the actual task sheets that they perform out in the lab can all be done digitally. So we have no paper. And that kind of resonated a little bit better with the students because that was the technology that they were raised and brought up on. I can't stand in front of a class and say, okay, you've got to write out your answer to this quiz or here's a a 10-question quiz on paper. And they're just not going to do that. They're not going to respond to that. The book changed as well, too. It's a digital book, but not in a traditional sense that you may think a book is. In place of actual chapters, they use what's called modules. And the modules have an animation on one side of the screen, and then they have questions and a description on the other side of the screen. And so as this animation is doing something live, and they can interact with that, they can also answer the questions and go along and go through the module, and then at the end they take a quiz. So the advantage of that is instead of just reading something and maybe looking at a picture, they're actually seeing almost like a cartoon animation describing how something works. We also found out as instructors that sometimes these PowerPoints contained a little bit too much material and stuff that we, based on our experience, felt wasn't relevant for these students to learn to be productive in the industry. Let me give you an example of that. When we start discussing refrigerant in our climate control class, we have PowerPoints that devoted whole sections to the different molecular breakdown of the different types of refrigerant and how they impacted the environment and a lot of information that, you know, you don't need as a technician. So we can gloss over that stuff, give them sort of the cliff notes of that, but really focus on how they're going to identify which refrigerant is in the car and how they're going to make sure that they're using the correct oil that's compatible and they understand the pressure and temperature relationships. We felt, as long as we worked in the industry, that was more relevant than learning the actual science science part of the refrigerant. So what we ultimately did was we ditched the PowerPoint traditional presentations that we had been doing up to that point. Now we will take the animations that come with this LMS and we'll talk kind of off the cuff. You know, I have enough confidence in myself and my instructors. We know what needs to be taught and we know what they need to learn to be successful in this industry. And you kind of filter out a lot of the stuff that they don't need. So you keep their attention. And the bonus of that is the classroom lectures tend to be shorter, so we get the students out into the lab, they get more hands-on, and that's the stuff that they truly enjoy, and that kind of keeps their attention better. 
We live in a world where everything is connected. So the students having the ability to go out into the lab and pull up the task sheet on their phone, also pull up the repair information on their phone, complete the labs, turn it into us digitally, and then within minutes see an active updated grade of where they're at. That's really benefited both us and the students. It's more of what they expect. And for us, it actually helps our job out because we can keep track of their grades in a much more real-time fashion. Another thing that we have invested in to help us teach better is different types of trainers. And when I talk about trainers, we have actual electrical trainers where the students will build basic electrical circuits, series and parallel circuits, and they've got wires to them and they've got different resistors and they can actually create these circuits to see how the electricity flows. And if they didn't do it right, they'll be able to see the bulb dimming or the bulb not working at all or the switch not cooperating. We also have invested in some trainers that show climate control. Climate control is another one that is awfully unique because when you explain to them that you know, the refrigerant inside of this car is boiling, but it's still 34, 35 degrees. That's sometimes hard for people to picture. So we have a trainer that actually has clear tubing in it. And as the refrigerant goes through the system and it's under pressure, it's just like it's in a car, but they can look at it and they can see the refrigerant changing state from liquid to vapor and back from vapor to liquid right before their eyes and they can put their hands on it and they can touch it and it starts to make a little bit more sense. And one more thing that we've really invested in and really started to embrace is audio video equipment. We've invested in a series of GoPro cameras and what myself and the other instructors do is we create videos. Videos showing us using the equipment out in the lab but also videos showing us teaching certain subjects and we put them up on our YouTube channel. It actually worked out for the better. One time I was out in the lab and we were machining brake rotors and using our on-car brake lathes. Well, we have four of those, so I had four groups of students working with these on-car brake lathes. Well, needless to say, it is a little bit of a complex machine to set up, so I was off working with one group, trying to get them going to where they could start machining their rotors. There was another group that they got stuck, they couldn't remember what the next step was, and one of the students in the group said, let's just pull up the YouTube channel. So on their tablet, they pulled up our YouTube channel and they watched a video that I had made the semester before showing how to use that on-car brake lathe. And you know what was the cool thing about it? Is by the time I circled back around and got to that group, they were already at the point where they were machining the rotor. And they were excited because they said, we were able to figure it out because we had this video that you guys made. I like to think that as educators, we're continuously evolving. One thing I pride myself on is I tell our students that we are going to do the best that we can to teach them what is relevant for them to get out in this industry and start making a living and start putting food on the table. And if that means that we have to change the ways that we teach from the way we were taught, well, then so be it. Oh, I almost forgot. Another thing that we do is we record all of our classroom lectures and anything we talk about in the classroom. We record it and then we give the students a copy. So the students can go back and they can watch it over again if they're preparing for a quiz, preparing for a final, or they're trying to remember something to do inside of the lab. 
This generation is unlike my generation, where we took notes and we wrote everything down. They don't respond well to that. But if they've got a video that they can look at, they'll certainly go back and view that. And after we started doing that and recording our lectures and giving them copies, we noticed that some of their quiz grades actually went higher. And because they were able to use that sort of as a study guide as they prepared for those quizzes. And we've also figured out a way to turn what was dreaded by students into something fun. And that is pop quizzes. You know, when I went to school, I hated when a pop quiz came up. Well, we use a system called Kahoot. And if you've ever seen that, you log on with your phone and we put the questions up and you answer the questions on your phone. And the faster you answer the question, the more points you get. So, of course, we get a lot of swag from all of our manufacturers and all of our supporters. And we'll give these pop quizzes and whoever wins, they get a little bit of swag. Whether it's a t-shirt, pen, a USB charger, something, a sticker. We'll give them prizes and it encourages them. It encourages that competitiveness, but it also encourages them to learn. And you know what? Them being able to do it through their phone, again, that's something that this generation is really, really comfortable with. And it makes that dreaded pop quiz now seem to be a little bit more exciting to them. And the last thing we do to remain relevant in the classroom is we bug our cars with real world problems. We have parts that we will put back on the cars that are bad. And so when the students are diagnosing these problems, they're getting real world problems. They're not just getting us cutting a wire or, you know, splicing a wire to a power source and blowing a fuse. They're actually getting a component that has failed. So they go through the diagnostic process. They tell us which part has failed. We give them the good part, they put it back on, they make the repair, clear the code, and actually see a result of what they did. I want to finish off by telling you a little story. A couple of years after I started teaching, I was working with an instructor who was retiring, and he had been an instructor for 35 years. I looked at the way he did things in the classroom, and he was still using those overhead projectors and drawing things out and writing on a chalkboard. And I came in sort of this younger, a little bit more technical savvy instructor, and I was doing things quite differently. Well, he ended up retiring, and when he retired, him and I sat down and talked, and he said, I hope you enjoyed the time that we worked together. Hope you learned a little bit. But if I can give you one bit of advice moving forward in your teaching career, always remain relevant to the audience in front of you. He said, I am not anymore. I'm too long into my career to change, and I don't have a way to connect with the students in front of me. Always Continue finding out what that audience in front of you needs and always keep changing. If you do that, you'll have a long and successful career. Even though we have changed as much as we have, and we are pretty relevant, I feel, and we're offering a product that these students are really comfortable with, that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit back. I am continuing to explore other ways to teach and continuing to explore other ways to use technology to teach automotive. Because you know what? I never want to become irrelevant to the students. Well, once again, we're at the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed what we talked about. Hope it opened your eyes a little bit to some of the challenges we have as educators, but also hopefully it renewed your faith 
in us that we're actually doing a good job and we're going to keep the auto industry full. Our next episode is called Ever-Changing Student Base. And we're going to talk about the different demographics, the different students that we have in front of us, the different generations, and how we go about teaching to that varied group of students. Thank you again for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to learn anything about the college, visit gwinnetttech.edu or send me an email directly at rbauman at gwinnetttech.edu. And I'd like everyone to remember one thing. Technicians keep the world rolling. Thank you.